This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. It's blue, it's white, it's effing dynamite. Good evening, everyone. It's time for the Wednesday week. My name is Vic and I am with you tonight. Now, it's a bit of a confusing one. So I've got no James. I've got no Eddie. I've got no Fudge. And I've got no, uh, what's his name? Dickie Al. <laughs> so I've got a whole new bunch tonight. So throw on the pressure for only hosting, but with a whole new bunch of people. And I've got to do the edit and I'm, I'm stressed out already, to be honest. So I have got a whole new bunch. I've got old school, old school friend of the show, James K. You all right, James? Evening. You all right? Evening. Yeah, you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Old, have old you, school. Um, have you slagged off any Sheffield United players recently and been featured in a newspaper? or? Uh, not for the last few weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? And I didn't even obvious... know about it. It was just, like, my dad called me that night and said, what the nerve have you been doing? Oops. Don't lie, Jamesy. You have got yourself on a Google alert. We all know. We know your game. Mm, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I've also got with me, I've got Davey. Davey is famous off of Twitter for being Montague Dangerous. You all right, Davey? I'm very well, Vic. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. It's nice to have you on board. Thank you for joining in. I believe Fudge contacted you unsolicitedly last night. Yeah. And... Well, I did it actually a couple of weeks ago, but that was on a completely unrelated matter that I remember. <laughs> yeah, he gets around... Um... I'm sorry about that, and that does not represent the view of the Wednesday week or what we stand for. Uh, and then also we've got Ben on the line as well. Hi, Ben. I hope you're all right. Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, yeah. Oh, see, Ben is famous for being on the All Wednesday DVD and also famous for my cousin calling me a pedo whenever I talk to him. Brilliant. So, <laughs> welcome on. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's all right. He's in like Argentina or somewhere at the moment. Yeah, he doesn't even yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I texted him earlier telling him that you're online uh, and he hasn't called me a pedo yet. So that's fine. 
Uh, we'll just keep going with that. So it's nice to have you all with us tonight, guys. Um, we are sponsored by the Wednesday by the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane on Hillsborough. Um, now open on match days, and they've got an outside bar, obviously as well, and a heater that if James isn't stood underneath it or hasn't covered it up with a shitty button, you can press it and keep warm. Um, so I want to talk about the Villa game now. Well, do I? I don't, well, I've got to. Um, so basically, the unbeaten run under Steve Bruce came to an unfortunate end against Aston Villa. Uh, we were left ruining a missed penalty. Uh, it might have turned into more if it hadn't been for that. Uh, obviously, Steve Bruce came out afterwards and made a few comments. Davey, did you see those? Do you agree with what he said? I think so, by and large. I mean, since Bruce has came in, he's, he's been honest. He's been good for Wednesday. That he's not one of these managers that's just giving sound bites or apologising for things um, unnecessarily or defending things that aren't defendable. So when he comes out and he says and explains the game as being attacking on Wednesday's part, they can't complain about how we played. I think that's dead fair. I think it's also fair when he said we deserved a break. And when you look at the second half and how we played, that penalty was it was it was a make or break. We get that. That's a break we, we need. We score it. And then who knows where we end up. It goes against you, and all that attacking play gets in your brain. Maybe you're thinking it's not our day, and I we end up with keeping on going, 90 plus minutes, and yeah, it ends up with Villa stealing a win at the end. But nothing ventured, nothing gains. So Bruce spot on. On another day, we win. This time, he falters. Yeah, he basically said, so the way that we played, he couldn't have asked for any more. I'd, I would agree with that. I don't know about you guys. I, I would say that I think we gave absolutely everything to that. Um, like you said, the penalty was a huge loss, uh, a huge miss for us. But other than that, there wasn't a lot to moan about, was there? Which I still find uncomfortable, like three months into Bruce's reign, that I can't really moan. And I feel like I've got so used to that over the last 12 months under Dross that I kind of feel like I should be ready to moan. Uh, obviously, it was good to see Hooper on the score sheet. Within six minutes, James A., what did you think to that? Are you pleased with that? Yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to pull back on a shirt, isn't it? And obviously, the fans love him. And what better way to, to repay their kind of support by sticking one in the net after just six minutes? Um, but I, th- I thought his all-round gameplay against Villa was um, was good. Um, yeah, definitely. At, at, at times, the quality into him hasn't been fantastic. Um, and I do think sometimes him and Fletcher up top are uh, very similar. Um, but to say that, I thought they worked well. He got his goal. And I would have liked to have seen him take the penalty. It's um, And it's, it's all good and well taken yeah. in hindsight, but... I do think a goal under his belt in front of the cop, I think it would have been nice for him to stick one in and then who knows. I mean, one of the things that Steve Bruce has said is about the fact that we've got so many strikers. So obviously there's six strikers, seven if you include, include uh, what's his face, uh, Jordan Rhodes. Um, what, who do you think would be your top two? I mean, I've I've been quite vocal on the podcast in the past that I am a fully, I'm a Hooper and Fletcher girl through and through. Who who would you choose as your top two? Going through going through you guys, Jamesy. Oh, Sorry, James. You know I shouldn't call you Jamesy. We're on air. I've known you fifteen years, James. 
It's all right. Don't worry. I, I, I still <laughs> believe Jordan Rhodes has got a part to play in this. Okay. Um, I'd, he's I'd not like done bad at Norwich, has he? He's not. He's not had a poor showing. He's not. He's not had as many minutes as, as maybe he'd like. But I think he seems to have found that love again. He seems still got about ten goals or something. Yeah, he, he seems to be excited to be playing, and I think he, he, I think Steve Bruce is the man to put his arm around him, and yeah. and whisper in his ear every now and then. Yeah, I think you're fantastic. It'll come. It'll come, and not come on for eighteen minutes. Don't score back on the bench for a month. Yeah. So I still think he's got. A, part to play in this next season um, Gary Hooper you can't take his quality away from him in the box you always fancy him to score mm-hmm. so it's a tough one will will they get a new contract if you had we, to we drop are... two if you had to drop two out of the seven who would you drop Zhao and Nuyu fair enough Ben same Without to you doubt <laughs> um Fletcher Hooper for me. Um, mm-hmm. Fletcher all season, even while Hooper hasn't been there, Fletcher's been consistently class. Um, obviously, that was sort of the pair that took us into the playoffs second time around that sort of tore Newcastle apart, didn't it? Hillsborough, um, yeah. Derby, just to pick a couple out. Um, so. I'd stick with them too. Jordan Rhodes, if there is anybody that's going to get out of him, it is going to be Steve. It, Steve Bruce is probably not going to be anyone better um, to get something out of him. Whether he can come back and do something, I don't know. He, he just never really give us anything, I didn't think. So I'd say he could be... what. For me, the the two strikers that I think will stay are Fletcher and Hooper. And then, other than that, I, I don't think Winnell will be staying. I don't think Steve Bruce fancies him at all. Um, Forestieri, similar, really. The fact that so even when Adam Reach um, were injured against Leeds, the fact that he brought Matthias on rather yeah. than Forestieri, that, like... He don't see. I don't know. He just don't seem to fancy Forestier either as much as as even Matthias. Um, and Newiu. What last couple of seasons, he's done a bit like what JJ did about ten years ago. Started playing after <laughs> Christmas to date himself a new contract, but this season he hasn't really done it. He like even. I mean, he just hasn't, has he? Really, um, he hasn't been. So I can't see him staying another season. Um, but yeah, for now and probably for next season, Fletcher Hooper. Davey, over to you. Sorry, nothing new here. I'm going Fletcher and Hooper as well. I think for me, the only thing that's factoring into it is if we're talking about from this point of the season to the end, if we've got designs on Hooper being here next season, then. I'm all for as many opportunities as the bodies can take for Hooper and Fletcher to keep working at that, keep working at a partnership, see if we can get back to where it was. If Hooper isn't in Wednesday's plans, if Wednesday aren't in Hooper's plans, then perhaps look at other variants. But in a perfect world, what we've got out of those seven guys, it's Hooper and Fletcher all day for me. As for going, um, I'm with the guys as well, and probably yourself. Knew you for all the great work you did 12 months ago. Mm. Um, 
it's it's all kind of come undone. It's it, maybe it's lack of opportunity, but if he's most akin to, to Fletcher in that team, you're not dropping Stephen Fletcher for that. He knew you. <laughs> Other than that, again, it looks like it looks like Bruce is is not fancy Wingle at all. He hasn't had a he hasn't had a fair crack of the whip, but it probably might be best for all parties to go separate ways. I think it might come down to who uh, is interested in our players. That might force Wednesday's hand and. A club takes a fancy for a player, and we might just agree that if the figures work out and then uh, plan thereafter, sort of react to it. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And I think, I don't, well, obviously, Ben, not talking for you because you are far too young to remember, but speaking to James and Davey, I think that Hooper and Fletcher for me are a really old school striking partnership. Like, they're almost like E. Cole and York. They're, they're just, they feed off each other. They, they, both styles of play absolutely fit each other 100%. And I think we've we've not had that for so long now. Um, for me, I would, well, I think it's quite obvious, I would have waved Jordan Rhodes off a long time ago. I'd have carried him to Norwich if needs be. Um, just the, the minute he didn't take that penalty. I don't like to harp on about it, Jordan, but you absolutely shafted us that day. Um, other than that, yeah, I would agree that Atty who is probably one of our highest earners um, and probably not earning his cash. Uh, same for Forestieri. I don't think we would get the money that we would have expected we were going to get for Forestieri, which I think is a real shame now. Um, but I think, you know, injury has blighted him. And he, well, none of them really, but Forestieri more than others hasn't been the same since the Wembley game, to be fair. Uh, so anyway, we'll move on. Obviously, Iorfa took a bit of a knock during the Villa game, Ben. Uh, is that a huge loss for us for the rest of the season? Um, maybe not for the rest of the season because it were there were the chance that he could have even played against Leeds, so he could be back tomorrow. Um, whether he's not, I don't know. But at right, it's probably not such a bad loss at right back because Liam Palmer just slots back in there. It probably shows more of his weaknesses at left back for me. Um, which is obviously a weak a weak spot that. Steve Bruce has come in and seen straight away by bringing Lazar in. Obviously, he got injured against Brentford, um, but hopefully he's coming back fully fit now. Um, and obviously, Matt Penny, I think that original injury came against Villa, away at Villa Park. Yeah, I think it did, actually. Um, yeah. um, but played on for a couple more weeks, but obviously he's been out for um, a few months, but hopefully he's coming back probably for next season. Um, with what Steve Bruce said today, um, so really at right back we're okay with Iorfa and Palmer. Um, it's probably at left back for next season where we need to strengthen. Whether that's bringing, getting Lazar in on a permanent, or whether we go out and get somebody else because Fox, yeah, he gives hundred percent, but he's just not got that quality to for to be playing consistently in a team that's going to be going for. Uh, top six for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think most people would agree with that. Um, I think Morgan Fox is a bit of a Marmite player at Hillsborough at the moment. Um, I think I think it's unfair the amount of stick he does get, but other than that, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so go. Ahead. I do because he's he's always put. You can never fault him for for his effort or anything like that. But his quality at times, it, it's 
it's not going to be there for somebody for a team that's trying to get into top six. I think as well, there's a lot to be said for Fox's attitude. Um, I think obviously out of the three of us, James, you're probably the closest that's ever been. Well, you have been a professional footballer. Uh, his his attitude says a lot, doesn't it? The fact that he hasn't turned around. You know, we've even seen players like Adam Reach turn around and tell the crowd to f off when they've been giving him stick. The fact that, you know, Adam Reach doesn't do anything naughty ever. The fact that Fox has just kept his cool and never, ever kicked off the amount of stick that he's got, that's got to say a lot about him. It does. Obviously, you've got to be strong mentally because the the worst thing that you could ever want is to be having a stinker. You know it, your teammates know it, the fans know it, and then you see your number come up on that subs board and you get the sarcastic cheers and jeers and and i mean i'm not sure how old um fox is but i know he's I not think he's reasonably young you call him an experience. yeah you wouldn't call him an experienced pro to be able to deal with that um but then again at the same time he must know his performances haven't been up to scratch i don't know he it, it, it does take a mentally strong kid. And don't get me wrong, he's come on the last few weeks and you know, he, he's been all right. I think um, he's defended well, but his distribution's been poor. So the, the, the size of his games that obviously he can improve on, um, and I'm sure he, he wouldn't be the, he'd be the first to hold his hands up and, and say so himself. Um, but, like I say, to, to keep pulling that shirt and giving his all, putting it all in, and, and then, like you say, it, 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 it does dig in. Um, but I think that's the difference between 8th place to 14th place and 1st place to 7th place. I think it, it, there's a difference between desire, um, work rate, and quality. And I think that's something that we, we need to we need to have that fine balance of throughout the squad going forward. At least it's not Royce Wiggins, though. Oosh! Blast from the past. Always forgot he existed. Bloody hell. Uh, I think, having Googled it, Morgan Fox is about 25, 26. So, yeah, he, he's not, you know, he's not completely inexperienced, but he's he's shown quite a bit of nerve, I think, this year by the fact that he hasn't, like I said, he's not turned around. He's not... Like you said, he's had the sarcastic claps and everything else. And I, I think he deserves a lot more respect for his attitude than he's got, really. No, no, definitely. Um, like you said, these pe- we, we talk about them. They are people at the, at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? And and if it happened to, to you, you wouldn't be happy. I know I wouldn't be happy. But I'd have quit Twitter twice by now, let's be honest. There's... You've had more... <laughs> quitting Twitter than I've ever known. <laughs> but that's a different story. Anyway, just to put the pressure um... on, James Bay. <laughs> so, as the one person that would be the most experienced with talking about the youth of Sheffield Wednesday, obviously you are James K, Sheffield Wednesday legend. Uh, let's go back to the youth team over the last couple of weeks. So, Kieran Lee has played two games now. He's played 41 minutes against Watford, 61 minutes against QPR. That's That's got to be a good thing, surely. Oh, definitely, and and I do think um, I do think you'll get a cameo before the end of the season. Do you? Um, okay. I, I do. I do. Yeah. I, I think he, whether it's a, a late substitute appearance or just to see him on the bench, 
Um, I mean, did, did we think Gary Hooper would play again this season? I'm not True. quite sure. Um, however, he's come into the squad. Steve Bruce has seen the reaction he's got. Um, and, and I do think it would be the similar kind of thing for, for Kieran Lee because, it, in total honesty, I, I didn't know if he'd even lace up another pair of football boots in his career. Um, I, I thought that could have been He him has done. been very but touch and go, he's hasn't he? cracked on. Yeah, he, he's cracked on. He's he's building up his rehab. Um, so so it would be fantastic to see him, whether it's, even if it's just the last game of the season, you know, just to, to come out. And I mean, the fans have stuck by Kieran Lee. Um, don't know, like play, players have injuries, um, and it's 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 hard when you're injured for for such a long period of time to kind of stay in the the fans' thoughts in a positive way, rather than just that guy who's always on the injury bed picking up his wages. Um, but he's he's stayed in the fans' thoughts, and I do think it'd be nice for him and the fans just for him to get a, a little ten fifteen minute run out any time before the end of the season and. I do expect that. I must admit, I was quite surprised, really. I'd never really clicked how old Kieran Lee was. And like you said, I, looking at his age now, it could have quite easily been the time, last time he put on a football boot, couldn't it? Because he, you know, he's pushing 31. Um, he's, as we know, that's ancient. Uh, <laughs> he was born the same year <laughs> as me. Um, so, you know, he is he is coming to the end of his career anyway as far as football goes, really, for an attacking midfielder at this level. Like you said, that could have quite easily it, been the end, couldn't it? it definitely. Um, and, like, bodies don't mend as they do they when definitely they're 17, don't. 18 <laughs> they don't. They don't mend as quick and they don't mend as well. Um, however, that's testament to, to Kieran Lee and, and the work that, obviously, he's put in behind the scenes to to get himself fit again, to kind of stay under the radar. He, you would have never heard anything like, Kieran Lee will be fit in four weeks. Kieran Lee will be fit in five weeks. He'll be he'll be training with the first team. He's kind of kept himself on the lowdown. And I think this little bit of good news, obviously he's played 40 minutes, 60 minutes. I think it's a real positive And I think it's really just summing up what Steve Bruce is trying to do, whether he would have had that enthusiasm to to get himself fit and, and want to get on the pitch for the last twenty minutes before the end of the season, if the previous regime were were still in charge. Oh, you want to be as far away as personally, possible, wouldn't you? I, personally, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would. Um, but I think he, in the last twelve weeks, he's noticed. A, he must have noticed a difference mm-hmm. around the place. That the mentality. The just how everything feels around the club at the minute, and he wants to be a part of that again. As obviously, would did does did Gary Hooper, um, and, and like I say, it's fantastic to get them both back in the team. Um, and, and like I'm sure he will get a little cameo before the. That's end of another the year. thing as well. You forget Gary Hooper. You know, he's the same age. Um, and you know, we're we're not old by any stretch, but <laughs> you know, you are pushing it for a championship top six championship level player at thirty thirty one to be out for so long injured. Uh, I think you're pushing it anyway, let alone to have had so long on the sidelines. One person who isn't that age, oh, it's the wonderful Matt Penny. Uh he managed seventy one minutes against QPR for the under twenty threes the other day. That has also got to be a huge huge bonus uh, for Steve Bruce who loves 
He loves a young defender. He loves bringing somebody through who's going to make a name for himself. Matt Penny, you know, we all said it at the beginning of this season. We all said it. We said he could be something. He could be a big name player. And he seems to have kept his head down. You know, you don't read stories about him. You don't really read any sort of rumours about him. Uh, he seems to have kept himself to himself and just got his head down and cracked on, really, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and I think, again, that's, as a young player, to, to be thrown into a championship team who are underperforming is a is a massive, massive thing. Uh, to then play very well and get the get the praises, get the plaudits, the, the media attention, and people obviously talking about Matt Penny, and then to suffer an injury, uh, quite a vital stage in the season, and then to, to, to miss such a period of time, a number of games, when the team aren't doing so well, so you want to be involved to, to turn performances around, and also a new manager's come in, where you want to show that new manager you're you're the best player in that position. You want to be playing. You want to be the first person in that new manager's mind to think he'll be on my he'll be in my team on Saturday afternoon. So I think for him as well to get some gains before the end of the season again would be a massive confidence boost to to get back out with the lads in front of the manager and say, "Don't forget about me. I might be young." But I'm ready to play. James, just to like bring it back to obviously yourself and, and the role that you played at Hillsborough. Obviously, you were there, what, 2007? Is that right? Am I? Am I, am I uh, 2005, yeah, yeah, 2008. Yeah. You, you got another year, didn't you? Wow. So, yeah, had your little dramatic mm. taking away in an ambulance. So, how, <laughs> how much does it differ now, do you reckon, to be a youth player who might be on the verge of the first team? Because obviously, I mean... I knew you then, and you guys, you know, there were a couple of you that got close. So there was Liam Palmer, there was Tom Spur, there was Mark Beavers. Um, there were there were never really that many more of you that got closer, were there, at the time? So do you think it's do you think there's more of a bridge now between the youths team and the first team, or because obviously the academy sort of thing has been taken away in a way. You don't really have an academy side anymore. You have your under 18s, you have your under 23s, where Gary Hooper at 31 might play. Do you think do you think it's a bit closer now? Do you think there's more like there's more effort put into the youth team now? Whereas before you guys there might have just been the one off that was going to make a bit of money for the club and that was the focus, rather than actually bringing somebody through. No, no, I, I do. Um however, on the flip side of it, I, I do think there's there's more pressure from fans to for these young kids to come into the team and do well. Um, like just just for instance, when in my area when we were in the academy, there wasn't that kind of like pressure from from the fans to say, put Mark Beavers in the team, yeah, yeah, um, put 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 Richard O'Donnell in the team. Whereas last season, uh, the, the thought George Hurst must play, yeah. pick George Hurst, George Hurst. So and 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 we're getting it. I've heard a few little whispers now about about the young Bulgarian lad who's in the under 19s, under 23s. Give him a chance. It's the end of the season. There's nothing to play for. There's such a vast gap between kids football and championship mm. football. So I, I think what we are doing is slowly integrating them into the team. Um, I think Jordan Thornley's come in and, and has been a, a shining light. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. To, and to do that, and to come in at his age and then be back out of the team 
and I've got no doubt whatsoever he will go back into the team. This is where I think that the fans' mentality has has changed, obviously, in the last ten years. And it's nearly fifteen. There's no. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice, um, but but there was then there was no kind of like pressure from the fans because there probably wasn't as much attention on I the must admit I don't think had I now. have not obviously I went out with your mate for a long time but had I have not known you guys I don't think I'd have particularly known the names as such whereas now like you said that you know there's more of the internet around there's more social media the people are talking more about youth games I think back when back when you were in the academy I remember you know Rocky Lacage you know he he was kind of the name was floated around a bit and the other day I know I was talking to someone about him and he's actually done all right for himself he's still playing in a decent side in Scandinavia yeah, I think he's but, in he's in the the Norwegian second yeah. division I, I do keep in touch with him on, uh, on Instagram he's one of the people that up. now like you said about the Bulgarian lad he would have been the name that was banded around all the time but I think because we didn't have the social media, we haven't got the website, we haven't got the sort of the openness that we had before. Maybe that's what's different. Um, but the, and also, I think as well, there's a lot of financial pressure now on young players as well. That you know, that one player coming through could be Mbappe or whoever that you know makes the money for the team that keeps them going for the next ten years. Uh, so it's it has probably changed in that respect. I'll i imagine. Oh, definitely and. You've only got to look at the likes of Jack mm-hmm. Stobbs. He seems to have been at that club. He's like the new Luke Bowden. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, but I'm sure he's only 22. Yeah. So, realistically, he's, you know, he's still a young lad um, and probably still got something to offer the team. You, you, you never know, but I think, like say, Jack Stobbs is a 22-year-old lad, is... I won't say a household name, but he's known by Wednesday fans. Could we have said that about the vast majority of the youth team 10 yeah. years ago? I'd, I'd I'd say not. So I think that's where it's changed, but I think they, they are slowly bridging that gap and, and it's really good to see these young lads given the chance and, and obviously give it, given that attention. They've worked hard, they've, they've gained a professional contract and, and, and good luck to them. Definitely. Right, guys, we'll bring you two back into it. We're going to talk about Forest now, which is obviously a bit of a happy, happy moment over the last week. Uh, so obviously, having had our first defeat under Steve Bruce on the Saturday before to Aston Villa, we bounced back in style four days later with two goals from Marco Matias, either side of a George Boyd. That was just an unbelievable goal, wasn't it? Ben, what did you think to the first half performance against Forest? Um, slightly flat, which you know it's to be expected with how the Villa game went, disappointed and stuff. But we we created chances. Fletcher had um had a good chance to score. Uh, Luke Steele in Bristol's uh, in Forest goal. Uh, yeah, it was outstanding. That was one to really in first half. Um, save from Zhao. Um, save that. Uh, shot from Matthias that was slightly deflected. That's that's what we're gotta be like save the season or something like that. That were great save. Um, but yeah, we 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 were alright. Nothing spectacular then. But I don't think we have been anything spectacular under under Bruce except probably the the, the second half against Villa. Um, it's just been steady. It's been, it's been consistent, solid. hasn't it? That's um, the thing. 
yeah, yeah, it's not been anything like um, outstanding or out of ordinary, but it's like I say, it's just been solid. Um, Westwood again pulled off another, if I remember, a couple of good saves uh, in first half. Um, one from Joe Lolly, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, good. And obviously, then we kicked on in the second half. Um, yeah, to yeah, get obviously a win. So we came out a changed team in the second half, didn't we, James? So it was almost like, who the hell are you, Mister Boyd? James. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. It, it, you know, it, it was, it was. I think, and that's the thing. I think Steve Bruce's. He's got that ability to bring out the best in players. Um, George Boyd, another one who's come under great amount of stick in the the last weeks, months, season um, for for underperforming. Um, however, Steve Bruce gone in at half time, had a chat, put his arm around them, told them what he expects, and and there it is. Um, I think it's, it's just trying to put that together now for for one ninety minute performance. Um, I think I think coming up towards the end of the season, we are going to see that somewhere, whether that's uh, Friday, whether that's Monday, or it could even be the last game of the season. I think they they are buying into the way he wants to play. They they want to impress the manager, and you could definitely see that in that second half performance. Definitely. Davey, obviously, we got a Matthias double um, and a goal for George Boyd, who has taken, oh, my God, so much stick over the last year, hasn't he? Uh, but they both seem to shine after, on the Forest game. What did you think to Matthias's performance, first of all? I think it's good to see him come in. It's good to see him come in because when he's first signed under Carlos and the fanfare of new signings have been unveiled every 25 minutes. Um, it was nice, but then obviously a lot of fallen by the wayside, so he gets his chance. And he's clearly got talent, and he, he's a skillful player. It's just painfully inconsistent, so when he gets his chance, and, and as Ben was saying, the first half's not great, second half starts, and all, only just starts. And, you know, it's, it's one of those brave efforts. He's had a go. Probably 99 times out of 100, that sort of shot is reasonably comfortable for the keeper it's it's you know it gets a polite a round of applause but he's dealt with reasonably easily obviously he's flashed the pearly whites it's come off the, the floodlights keepers unsighted uh, it, <laughs> it reflected so literally off his teeth <laughs> this is he's got it's got additional value from those teeth that he never properly foresaw <laughs> when he got them done so i'm pleased for him um because he took it well and and that then built that confidence up moved that sort of gear from the village disappointment to the flat first half and the missed chances with Rao and Fletcher mm-hmm. in the first half. And then, like you say, with Boyd's goal, it's, uh, I was watching it on, um, on the Sky Go and I'm getting results, uh, getting information coming back from my dad saying, oh, no, that's 2-0. And I'm watching a Forest free kick and I'm thinking, no, he's watching a different game. And then it's a breakaway attack. Westwood's got it. He's moved it forward quickly. Um, it's then flicked in, and you don't expect anybody on a breakaway attack with Wednesday for George Boyd to be involved in anything to do with breakaway biscuits. <laughs> but he's got it out wide, and um, yeah, he's, he's, he's potted forward. I can't say burst forward because I'd be lying, 
But he's, he took it early, and I think that's that's what's caught the keeper out. But if you're taking it early, it's got to be accurate. And it's a hell yeah. of a goal. You know, somebody else reach scores that. We're talking well, about yeah. it being a great goal. We've said it before. Goal. It's one of those goals. You're half laughing. If, half if Wayne Rooney scored it, it'd be the advert for Sky Sports for the year, wasn't it? It's, it's one of those sort of goals that you would just see over and over if it was a big name player. But yeah, I 100% agree with you. My my only bugbear with that game is that I'd um I had a car accident the weekend before and I had the stiffest back, like I could not move. So I went home at halftime. Absolutely fucking brilliant. So <laughs> that also saw 200 appearances for Tom Leeds. Now, I have been quite vocal on this podcast in the past, guys, that I am not, I'm not 100% a Tom Leeds fan. However... I can I can give him his dues where I think his dues are deserved, where I personally, I don't know what you guys think, but I think had we have not had Michael Hector for the time that we've had him, I think we might have still been in a much worse position, even with a manager like Steve Bruce, uh, who's a, obviously a defensive coach. He knows exactly what to do as a, as a centre-half, especially. Would you keep him at the end of this season or would you take a gamble and take some money for him if you could. I'll just go quickly, yes or no. James? Ben? Yes. Ooh, David? Yes. Full house, yeah. Right, well, sod you all. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe, now open on match days downstairs on Catch Bar Lane. You can catch us there we're all outside normally and they sell a really good range of real ales and normal lager uh so we're going to move on to the dirty leads game uh we kept our promo promotion high <laughs> the our promotion rivals and hopefuls at bay for most of this game uh but in fairness i think it was a pretty even game as much as it pains me to say it um if ever there was a game to lose to dirty leads it was probably gonna be this one wasn't it david are our playoff hopes over now yep brilliant Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's as honest as that i know I'd, I'd love to be able to say otherwise and there's always that part of you that's thinking with your heart but when you go with the head you look at what we needed to do when we scaled it back two and three games and said, well, if we got this, but with what we have in front of us, with the the only possible target, that sixth and final place, and just browsing briefly at the likes of um, Bristol City's mm -hmm. running, Middlesbrough's, Frank Lampard's, <laughs> Derby County, I don't see any of those, all of those, doing enough and uh, sort of negatively, um, and us doing enough positively. We've got so much we can take from this second half of the season um, that we can say, well, look, that's that's so much to build on. There's going to be a rebuild job in the summer, but playoffs this year, nah, not for me. I think as well, you know, there's been there's been an argument that people have said, yeah, but look at the running we've got, you know, with Villa, then then with like Leeds, then whoever, and it's like, but do you know what? If we'd have got Fleetwood Town at home, we'd have all said, yeah, but it was always going to be an easy game. We're always going to blow it. There, there was no easy end to this season, was there? Um, like you said, I think I think the fact that we could have quite easily been in a relegation battle right now had it had not been for a change in December, I think that says a lot about you know where the club has come from. Obviously, the standout performance of the day at Leeds away was Kieran Westwood. Um, even Sky Sports praised him. And that is 
quite something to have praised from Sky Sports. Ben, what did you think to his performance? Um, outstanding, to put it simply. Especially at first half, he's kept us in it um, three or four times, save from the corner, uh, Tyler Roberts' header. Um, then the Jack Harrison header that he got down to in the bottom corner. Uh, and then Roberts again on the volley that he got down to. He just outstanding. Um, distribution, not the best. But you can let him off with how good he is with his hands. I mean, you, you, I'd give him one more year. Definitely. I think he's got one more year. And then that's when we need to be looking elsewhere. Because we are goalkeeping change with what Edison's done with with how good he is with his feet his midfielder playing in goal pretty much I mean if I'm honest that's where Dawson's far better than Westwood with his distribution but Westwood is is what we needed Um, after Joss has been sacked um, we needed stability we needed somebody to come out and just take all the pressure off as we crosses and corners and that's where Dawson probably that's where he needs to improve if he improves that then he never showed himself up stop in terms of shot stopping um, it, it really was just commanding his area for me that, that let him down um, I think he got a lot of uh, stick that you know were undeserved but since Westwood's come back in it's something like 11 yeah. clean sheets in 19 which tells you everything compared to Dawson's two that he had um, for however many games he played. Um, but yeah, Westwood on Saturday, fantastic. I think that's, that's one of the big things with Westwood, isn't it? I think if he, you know, if his distribution was up there with his shot stopping, he'd be playing at the top of the Premier League even now. You know, he's he's just... De- but definitely. we've also got to be quite yeah. grateful that his distribution's quite shite, which means that he comes and plays for us every Saturday. Uh, obviously... We saw we saw Reach get an injury uh, just before the first half was over, um, which is which I think is a bit of a blow, uh, mainly just because I love Adam Reach. Um, obviously, James, you're going to have a different opinion here, probably, but he's he's now out for the Norwich game this weekend. Uh, it's his knee and his Achilles, apparently. Will we see him before the end of the season? Won't we? Is that a big loss for us? No. <laughs> It is not a big loss oh for God, that team. Oh, God, you're a miserable team. sod, aren't you? No, no, no. The, the, again, this is the difference between 1st and 7th and 8th and 15th. Hard work, quality. He, don't get me wrong. He, as will George Boyd, will run and run and run and run. But so will a marathon runner. <laughs> when he's... The, the yeah. guy won't tackle. Yeah. The guy won't head it. He's got lovely hair, though. He doesn't want we to mess got, up. We have he? got two, right? <laughs> we have got two of the best headers of the ball in the championship playing up front at the moment. How many quality crosses has that guy delivered into the box in the last six he's weeks? A, he's a very, very hit and miss player, isn't he? I think. I, I think. I don't. I don't think it'll be many. And and the other thing is, big games require big players. Big players. Sam Hutchinson, 
yep. stepped up against Leeds United. Um, Kieran Westwood stepped up against Leeds United. Um, Sheffield United, you've got the big players that step up. They are the games. Yeah, I agree missing. with that. I think there's... I, 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 I don't want him to turn it on at New York <laughs> Stadium or turn it on away at Bolton in front of seven men and the administrators. I want him to, to do it in the in the big games. Yeah, all right. I take my off. He scored a couple of wonder goals. West Brom, Leeds. Yeah, yeah. But they 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 far way outweigh. Like this is all the fans seem to remember. I want to see him do well. I want I want to see him perform seven and a half, eight out eight out of ten every week. Do you think, James? Months. And this I put this to all That's of you it. as well. Um, I think part of the stick that Jordan Rhodes has got has been over his price tag that he came to Hillsborough with. And I think same with Lucas Shaw when we first signed him. You know, these these sort of figures we haven't talked about that amount of money in years and years and years at Hillsborough. Um, and Adam Reach was obviously our biggest money signing since was it Decanio? And do you think that we almost use that to his detriment sometimes? Like, is it his fault that he cost us five million or four and a half million, whatever it was? Do we do we use that as a reason to almost have an opinion on him? No, definitely not. I mean, I, it's worrying to think I even forgot how much he cost. Um, it, the the price tag does come with some players. Like you say, Jordan Rhodes, he's been he's suffered because of the price tag that was attached to his name. Um, I I don't think that the price tag for him will have affected him because in on, on a day to day basis, although his price tag in terms of transfer fee was was up there, he won't be the highest paid player at that club. I think there's still a good half a dozen players at that club who earn more on a weekly basis than him, who are probably easier to be shot at. I'd agree. Um, like like James said, a lot of us even forgot that we paid, what, five or six million for him. Um, not, we're not really focused on that since, he, since he's been here because maybe because he's played that many games that he's hardly missed any, I think, since he, since he actually signed. He's been consistently playing whether it be at left back when he first sort of signed and then um when he did eventually get out onto wing last season he did well and that contributed really last season to Hooper's goals at start of the season um the crosses he were putting in at the start of last season that's when Hooper were uh went on what was it like 10 games about 8 games 10 games where he scored and a lot of that came from Adam Reacher's works but this season, I'd I'd agree that he has gone off boil a little bit, and I think some it, some part of that is that he just he seems scared to put a tackle in. Which playing for a Yorkshire club, playing for Sheffield Wednesday, you, you've got to be willing to put a tackle in. But and he just sometimes he he does just shy out of it, and that's where someone like Fox probably. I'm not saying Excel, but he gets himself some credit because he'd never nesh any tackle, whereas Adam Reach 
you see it every once every couple of weeks. There will be a fifty-fifty, and the likelihood is that he isn't going to win it. And that's nothing to do with his ability or anything. That's just just put put a tackle in and get get the crowd, you know, just riled up a bit and get the crowd behind you. Yeah, I mean, I would, I'd agree with that. I'm inclined to agree with the guys. Sorry, Vic. I was, I was going to say, I don't think it's the, 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 the money that comes into anyone's reckoning, but when you, you mentioned earlier on, I think when you think about those goals that he scored earlier in the season, um, and I think when he was the star man, quite held in shoulders at the early part of the season when uh, when Yoss was there, I think sometimes fans might think back to how much he mm-hmm. stood out at that point. And now we've got much more of a team thing going on. We've got much more... Uh, of a solid spine going there. You've got Fletcher standing up uh, and being counted. You've got Hutch doing the same. Westwood, and I think in amongst that, he's no longer he's no longer the sort of the the, the main man as much as, as other people are, and he's getting lost in that, which he shouldn't be, because he's got better players around him, and he's got a team that's playing better and more solid. So you'd like to think that he'd step into that, and he's, he's gone gone the converse. He's 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 shrunk and, and and hidden, and like the boys are saying, if uh, if you're not Putting yourself about, and you're not, you're not putting your foot in, and you're not um, getting the crowd going for doing that. Then you need to be making sure you're doing the the chances. That, you know, you're still scoring goals, or you're creating chances. And, and if he's not creating those crosses for those centre forwards, and he's shying out of things, then that, then he's going to get lost. And you are going to judge him based on those cracking goals. Albeit <laughs> that is quite true. So moving on, folks, I'm just going to quickly mention, obviously, there was the Wawa Fun Day at the weekend. Uh, so thousands of Wednesdayites flocked to Hillsborough. Um, I I heard mixed reviews on this. I don't want to go too far into it. I heard that there was a set of stocks and wet sponges and there were quite a few crappy stalls. Um, but all in all, you know, I drove past, um, I was going to go meet a friend. I drove past and nearly ran over Sam Hutchinson. I saw George Boyd just hanging around. You know, it seemed like the players were just around the ground, which seemed like quite a good thing. Um, and obviously there was the rumour that came in. Um, I don't I don't know how true this is. It's not been confirmed from any side whatsoever. But there was someone called at Dadders on Twitter who tweeted saying, having learned that stall holders have barely taken any sales at the family fund day, Chancery told all the staff to refund their fees. And then he brought his family and guests around every store and generously paid for something from every single one, uh, which says a lot about Mr. Chancery. I think we'll all admit, uh, you know, he's had his critics over the last year. I think he's he's stood and been counted for where he's needed to be. In the fact that he, you know, we, I was there the night that people were screaming and shouting at him to sack Yoss, and he did. Um, he's he's put his money where his mouth is with a few things. Um, obviously, I, I wasn't there. I'm absolutely devastated. I didn't get to play FIFA 19 against Joe Wildsmith, but you know, this is. Do you know what? To be honest, did I, you? I went down on Sunday. Oh, you took your little nephew, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I went down. Yeah, yeah, I went and, and um, the the thing is, there, there was a lot going off in in the car park outside the club shop, in terms of like a few little games for for the youngsters, like a, a table football that you got kind of strapped into inflatable table football. Now the stalls that obviously people are talking about were under the like under the cover where the players' entrance is, so they right. were kind of at the other end of the ground. So yeah, they were left to one side. So if people just went in from the cop side. They wouldn't have even seen them. So 
possibly the positioning of those wasn't fantastic. Um, however, on the whole, uh, the, the ground was busy. There was hundreds upon hundreds of kids playing football on the pitch. Uh, you'd got Forestieri playing on there with the um, other senior professionals, mucking in, playing football with the kids, and then stopped to sign every autograph and have every single picture that any fan wanted. So on a whole, I thought it was a great day. People got to go on the pitch, have your photo in front of the cop, in the net, you know what I mean? On, on Steve Bruce's um, chair in, in the dugouts. So so for that, I, th I think it was a really good interactive day to, to get the fans involved. And again, the, the little games outside the, the club shop, mainly for, I'd say like your under, under eights, 10 year olds. But you've you've still got the players but that's the in future and of the football and, and club, isn't it? it? I think for the three of us, like me, James, and Davey, we probably don't remember any sort of interaction really officially with the club aside from going to a game. Or I just know that my mum and dad used to go to like the FA Cup dues and bring home photos. I've, I've got one photo of my mum holding hands with Andy Pierce. I'll never forgive her for it. Then when you were growing up, obviously you're you're a gen generation below us. Did did you get that sort of interaction with the club? Did you have anything that kind of got you more involved? Um, I, when I was younger, like, I always used to go to the soccer camps that they did um, in, you know, in school holidays and stuff. Uh, and at that time, it changed now because uh, like how things have developed. It, it were always at yeah. Middlewood Road. Um, either outside the dome or actually in the dome. So, f for me, we we were really around the players. Um, I know that's changed now. They only do it, I think, at either Hillsborough College or um, Hillsborough Arena. I think so. In that respect, it has it. It's you like you know it was brilliant. Like as a eight year old to be looking across and see players just training. Um, uh, down at Middlewood while you were just at soccer camp and stuff and obviously they'd come over some days uh, some days they'd, they'd get involved with um, the actual sessions we were doing I remember Richard Hines another Black Trump Rock pass um, he did something he uh, he came over and I remember doing some sort of session with him uh, Darren Purse used to come across that was sort of ta that, that was like sort of era that I were going to these soccer camps. Um, and obviously then, on top of that, they used, which has, you know, it started coming back now uh, with players, you know, being in, a couple of the players yeah. being in the mega store at a time. Um, that, that was something, obviously, that, um, they did, they, you know, were just regular for a couple of years and they did seem to sort of drop off um, in Carlos's first year and the second season and then last season, it just seemed to disappear. And now, with the pop-up store that they've got in Meadow Hall and like the mega store as well that we've seen last few months, it, like they're actually getting the players to go out and meet the meet young fans, which is obviously good. Do you think got that, to be that a good has thing. made? Uh, just brings everybody close together. Sorry, Ben. Do you remember <laughs> the mega store being two floors? Stop aging no. us, James. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just to ask you, Ben, so obviously, like, well, you go now, I presume, to every away game. I mean, I saw you at Ipswich. There aren't many people that go to Ipswich away if they're not going to bother to any others. 
But yeah. you go home and away. You're obviously you're a semi-professional yeah. footballer yourself. Do you think that that kind of do you think <laughs> almost not quite almost. James's level, not, not, obviously, not quite. but almost. do you think that that kind of sealed your sort of passion almost. for the club, just having that extra interaction with players like that? Do you think that that is what we need to be doing for more and more kids at the moment, like with these sort of fun days and stuff? Yeah, um, it's only going to be a good thing. Um, <laughs> just more inspiration, I suppose. Um, obviously, I, I'm a goalkeeper and seeing Lee Grant and stuff like that, it, it does <laughs> inspire you to, to some degree. So, yeah, it can only be a good thing. Um, more interaction with players and, and young fans. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's just got to be good. Jack? I, I I totally agree because on Sunday to see the faces of some of them kids when Forestieri's got his arm around them taking a picture, money can't buy that kind of. You don't get that at a Premier League. No, club. they're completely no. You don't get you don't you don't get Sergio Aguero playing football on on Etihad with three hundred young Man City fans, and, and I think it's these little things that 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 the children will never forget i mean i never forget growing up i once saw um <laughs> Gippy Aidy at the training yeah. ground um and honestly and the guy walked past patted me on the back how are you doing and at that time i was like wow i had the same sort of thing actually we, we, we like just one of these days i was down at soccer camp we were sat in carlisle we were waiting to go in got there a bit early uh, and Clinton Morrison rocked up. Anyway, Clinton Morrison comes over. They, were, they had some entourage or whatever, whatever Clinton had. He were, you know, but um, he had a lot of like a few people with him suits and everything. Anyway, he comes over. He taps on window. Clinton Morrison. What would he have been on? <laughs> Eight grand a week at Wednesday, maybe in League One, maybe more. With being him, being in Premier League, he got it. Anyway, knocks on window. Um, he says, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, but could, could, could I borrow a pen off you?" Clinton Morrison, professional <laughs> footballer, asked for a pen, and it, it, even that were, were brilliant. Just, just even that, just being around around the players, uh, into just interacting with them on occasions like that, were just brilliant as a ten, twelve year old. Well, obviously, it, it does make a huge difference. I will admit that. I remember I used to take uh, our kid, who's well, the same age as you, Ben, I used to take him along to his soccer camps and stuff. And I remember him, even when he met, like, James, et cetera, like, in the academy, he was still buzzing. But I remember Lee Peacock and whoever else used to really make a big fuss of him. And it, it did make that difference. Like, he will still now talk to talk about Lee Peacock, he'll talk about Steve McLean and all these players that he met and it's still that did solidify the love that he's got for the football club. So I think it can only be a good thing. Um obviously I just need to quickly mention that tonight is brought to you by the Riverside Cafe on Catchbar Lane. I need to keep mentioning that because they pay our bills. Uh so we're gonna move on now. It's Thursday night as we're recording. Um who knows when I'm gonna get this edited and uploaded because the instructions are very long. So it could be after this game, to be honest. Uh, but we've got Norwich tomorrow, uh, which is, I guess we could say, if we are hoping, if we are still clinging on to the hope of a playoff place, and I mean clinging to the point that our fingernails are bleeding as we scrape down that wall, 
Tomorrow is a must-win game, isn't it? Can we do it? I just yes or no, James. <laughs> hey. No. <laughs> no. However, however, I've seen today that we're unbeaten this century on Go Friday. Okay. On a, I think it's something like four or five occasions. So you never know, but no. David. For me. <laughs> so obviously we're looking at the injuries so we've got Lazar and Zhao back in the team uh, obviously Reach and Aaron's are now out Ben is that a huge loss to the team or are we looking at something you know are we uh, do we have the people there to cover for that um I think Aaron's has been a big miss since he's since he's been injured I mean I know Boyd obviously come in and He's done. He's done all right. He's done all right. But <sighs> Rolando, it was just that that pace that we've wanted since Antonio and Alan uh, left. Um, that we've needed sort of four or five years, somebody that actually can get to the byline rather than somebody like Reach and <sighs> what other wingers it like like Boyd who. Can't be who've got to pass and pass and pass before they can get a get across in somebody that can stand the man up and you know go past go past somebody and excite um excite the crowd um so yeah I think Aaron's has been a big miss reach <laughs> it probably will be obviously we're going to miss him because of how often he's often he's been playing uh but. Matthias has done all right under Steve Bruce. He's come in, he's doing all right. Um, so, yeah, there's replacements. Um, obviously, with Lazar coming back in, for me, I'm hoping for him to start. Um, obviously, pro- probably instead of Fox. But we, we also, when he came on, we were, I can't remember who we were against, but he did come on on left wing. So whether that's something Steve Bruce sees in him, I know it were only sort of five, ten minutes, but... Yeah, hopefully he'll come back in. Zhao, for me, I, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll start. Um, I'd start Fletcher Hooper unless, um, you know, unless Steve Bruce wants to rest Hooper. Maybe if he wants him for Monday or vice versa, Zhao might start on Monday um, if he's wanting to protect Hooper a bit for the rest of the season. But I'd I'd still go with Hooper Fletcher up front. So Zhao on the on bench for me. And Lazaro, hopefully, uh, in starting eleven. David, do you think this is going to be? Can you see us doing anything with this game? Can you see anything happening, or do you think we've just got to ride this out now until the end of the season? I think this game's going to be um, unless uh, unless Norwich just don't enough to start games, then I can't really see it. You look at their form this year; it's been ridiculous. They've, they've had two draws, but it was. In the last two games, but it was eight wins in a row before that. I think they've lost once in 2019. So I think for us, it's probably best we shelve the whole lot of playoffs and we do play in that in that spirit of openness and freedom and hope that Norwich get themselves tied in knots. And that's the, that's the best hope for us. I think if we just treat it as our own thing and uh, and just go out there and express ourselves, it's going to be two different teams. I think between Norwich and Bristol because of how close they are together. Whether it's half half of what you call the first team in one, half in the other, 
or it's just first team out for Norwich, see what happens, uh, and then a total reshuffle for Bristol. But I think, like I said, the season's run its course for us, but it doesn't mean we can't learn some things about the squad. Yeah, I would agree with that. Obviously, then we move straight on to Bristol on the Monday. Uh, it's a very, very busy Easter with all accounts. Now, Monday could be two complete different games, couldn't it? If we win tomorrow, Monday could be absolutely packed to the rafters. That old lady could be rocking. Or it could just be, you know, I'd, I'd imagine it's going to be a great atmosphere no matter what, uh, just as a bit of a celebration and a bit of a, you know, we're all quite pleased with what's happened so far. Obviously, we've still got the QPR game at home uh, and possibly the playoffs, who knows? Um, but I, I think it is really, really going to depend on tomorrow how we go into Monday. Um, I can't believe it's, you know, we're talking about the end of the season already, aren't we? Which is just crazy because I think we all feel, I don't, well, I don't know about you guys, but I genuinely feel like we've lost 12 months of Sheffield Wednesday uh, before probably February this year or January this year. Um, so it feels a bit strange that it's almost like we've been given it back and then it's been snatched away again for a full summer and a full summer where there's no real football happening, is there? Um, but obviously the last outing that we had was the Lucas Zhao show uh, at Bristol um, where we, we absolutely smashed it. He scored two. Can he do it again, Ben, if he's in the side? Can you see him getting a goal? Um. If he if he starts, then you know there's every chance where he gets one, he usually gets he usually gets two. He don't usually just go. Uh, he don't usually just stick with one in the game. He usually gets two if he's gonna score. Um, but for me, it's it's whether he starts or not. If he doesn't start, then um, he's likely only maybe to get half an hour um, tops. So yeah, there's every every chance he can score, and if he starts, then. It just depends whether he's on it or not, doesn't it? Really, we we Zhao. Um, that's probably what's let him down. That's probably why we'd probably be happy to cash in on him if if we could, because it's just been his consistency. When he's when he's on it, he's unplayable. But when he isn't, he gets everybody frustrated, really. Because I, I think his body language lets him down um, a lot of the time. I, I don't think it's at times that. He isn't put it, wanting to put the effort in. I just think it, it's his body language that um, gives that impression uh, to the fans that he don't he don't really care. I think he does, uh, but yeah, his body language lets him down. But um, yeah, if he gets one, there's every chance he's he can a, he get He is a another. very relaxed style of player, isn't he? Like you said, he he can look like he just does not care at all. Mm. Obviously, we're a whole new team yeah. since we played Bristol away last time. Uh, not in the physical sense of a new team, but obviously there's just a completely different vibe around the club. Um, you know, they're not playing under what was one of the most horrendous managerial performances that we've ever seen at Sheffield Wednesday. Is It was one of the only decent performances that we had under... Uh, do, we, do we say his name, James? Don't we? What do you reckon? Do you think that this could be... If we can play decent against them under Dross, can we do it again under Steve Bruce? There's two ways to look at it. They can do, but then we've played poor against quite a lot of teams this season. Whereas under Steve Bruce, we've we've put in a different performance. Like I could quite happily say the the away performance at Bramall Lane was one of the 
<laughs> most dreadful negative performances yeah. I've seen from Sheffield Wednesday in a long, long time. But then at Hillsborough, they wanted to go for it. It, it, do you know what I mean? So, although they, although we're playing against the same team, I, I don't think it's going to have much. They're not going to think this is what we did last time against Bristol, because I think the entire mentality of the dressing room has changed. So, uh, Friday's result will will definitely have a massive impact on on Monday's game, performance, atmosphere around the ground. Good result Friday. There's still going to be that little chance of hope I think we get beat on Friday I think you could see a very different atmosphere around Hillsborough on Monday which then the players have then got to react to because under Steve Bruce I think they've only had it positive and upbeat yeah I completely agree with that I think I do think as well sometimes you know we forget not almost like how lucky we are but you know when we think back to this time in November December and we were staring relegation smack on in the face and it's just, it's almost like that it didn't exist now. You know, we're paying the price for it still because I I thoroughly believe had we have got rid of Yoss two months earlier, I think we'd have been challenging big time up at the top of the table. But then I want to go to you, Davey. Like, so if we do, if we do lose to Norwich tomorrow, which, you know, there's every chance we could, and I don't think any of us will be disappointed in any way, shape or form, the way that we've changed under Steve Bruce. Would you feel a different side if you were Steve Bruce? Would you bring in players that, you know, we've not really seen have a chance? So, you know, you you Thornalies, um, your... Oh, God, who else is there? There's been quite a few that we've just not seen because he's not needed to play those sort of players at the moment. You know, what's worked for him has worked for him. Would you bring in Dawson? Would you bring in Thornley? Would you would you mix it up a bit, basically? If if there's not not nothing to play for, because there's always something to play for. I hate it when people say that. But if there's no points to play for as such, and it's just literally a case of seeing out the season, would you swap it up? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think you've mentioned a couple of people that I would think that would be in Bruce's reckoning. Um, starting with either Dawson or Wildman, but more likely Dawson. I think with Westwood, um, you know you know what you're getting with him, and we now know he's getting offered a deal, or if he's going to want a deal, we already know that. So, yes, for the purpose of chasing as many points as possible, you play him, but we know what we know. So it's probably going to be better for Dawson if he started the season in goal, if he has an opportunity to end the season, bookend the season, and, and be in that first-team squad. It's, it's got to be good for him going into the into the summer. I think Thornley's another good shout. Um, Obviously, you alluded to, to Lees, but if, if Hector's not back there next season, which is obviously not going to be a foregone conclusion, I think we need to move a lot of folk on. If we've got any aspirations of Hector in the long term, you, can, you bring Thornley back in for the same sort of reasons, getting back into that feeling of being part of the first-team squad. Um, just for, to a view of how's he going to fit in, if that's going to be higher up the pecking order next season, I think James mentioned earlier on in relation to the likes of uh, Lee and Penny. It might come a bit soon for them, but again, as part of the first team squad subs, perhaps, I don't know. It, it, it'd be nice to see them thought of as part of that uh, that first team squad. Um, and maybe, again, some of the younger lads, we've, we've covered the fact of the gap between 18s and 23s football to first team. But again, have them in that, that squad, perhaps, as options. And again, it's, it's part of this, this Bruce 
picture that we're hoping we've got we've got longevity we've got we've got two three four hopefully more years ahead and if, if Bruce is going to be involved in that and we've got these younger players and these fringe players um get them involved get them part of it particularly when um it doesn't it's not going to impact massively whether we get one point three points or what have you um I do think that if Fletcher and Cooper start against Norwich you'll probably see Joao and Winnell start against Bristol and that's probably as much as putting them in the drop window as it is for uh, the long term. I would agree with that as well. Guys, this is it. We're at the end of the show. Um, just a quick shout out. Um, we'll come on to the any other business round. Obviously, I just want to keep a little mention to Worksop Town who have won their league this year. Uh, huge congratulations to them. I think there's a few ex-Wednesday players in that side. Obviously, Craig Denton, who is their manager, was one of our youth coaches for quite a long time. Um, James, I know you probably know quite a lot of the lads. I think Jack Waddle's one of the players as well. Just huge congratulations to them. Um, and well done. Looking forward to see you climbing the league. Obviously, you two, Ben and James, are both at Sheffield FC. What Whereabouts are you in the league now? Are you, are you pushing on? Are you doing all right? What's What's happening? <sighs> The, Six. Yeah, the, the, Six. they're doing all right at the moment. Yeah, going well. Uh, they made the playoffs. Put it that yeah. way. Big news. Big news. I, well, I'm sure my dad will be there, but I'll, I'll try to be at some point. I, yeah, and I just want to say as well, if if there's anybody listening who's free of a couple of hours on Saturday morning, go down to uh, to Shirecliff, cheer on the under 18s. Um, They'll, they'll definitely appreciate your support and wouldn't it be nice to, to win the league at, um, <laughs> at the frauds in Steel Academy? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, it's been amazing to have you all on, guys. Obviously, this was brought to you tonight by the Riverside Cafe. They pay the bills. So if people want to find you on Twitter, James K, how can we find you? Oh. James K eighty nine. Um Ben oh god. Um Ben Woody underscore twenty three, I think. Or oh, so, something along them lines on Twitter. You can just watch out sure. all Wednesday's D V D, can't you? And just catch up with you on there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what about you, Davey? Yeah. How can we find yeah. you on Twitter? Yes, I'll be tweeting nonsense gifts related to <laughs> Fox and Jimmy Nail. And obviously you can find me at Victoria1867 or you can follow the podcast, which is at TWWcast. Thank you for listening and we will see you real soon. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.